I mean, these are the champions now, right? And you look at this bench, Bob and Shushuo. <laughs> so I love to see any bad news for City, but, but I'm not going to jump on a bandwagon and then have it clipped. Or Ryan said they were going to win the league. Chelsea linked with selling Conor Gallagher. Just very quickly, what, why? Caught then halfway through it. Oh, bugger, I'm a bit in trouble here. Tried to pull out, weren't ever going to be able to pull out. And <laughs> Some choice of words, mate. I'm sorry, I've got to call you out. Pulled out. <laughs> went from such a night. <laughs> <laughs>
Hammer didn't play in the first. No, but he was still game. on the bench. What I'm trying to say is he still he still come on for a few games okay. last season. Are you uh, judging him though off of what you're seeing this year as a Chelsea player more yeah. than what he was as a Manchester City player? Because yeah, yeah. he scored goals in 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 key he events for City, but he certainly yeah. wasn't a first team regular. True, true, true. He was someone that would come off the bench. Um, but like I said, you got, I just read that bench there. That bench doesn't look like a. I mean, it doesn't look like a title winning bench for me. And um, <laughs> I just think they can't change games, and that's where they're not getting the goals. Where defensively, I always said at the start of the season, City look actually better this season. Gardevoir, I think they're defensively a lot better. Um, I just don't think they got the firepower apart from say Haaland and obviously I don't think there's enough there uh, for them to come off the bench when they really need it. I, I think they're possibly worse defensively. Yeah, I think they're worse they're defensively. They're worse defensively this season. They're definitely not better. They've conceded more goals. Yeah, I, I think they've bought. Some good players, Vardy yeah. and whatever else is good, but I, I don't. I again, he's, he plays him out of position as well. He's he, he centre half for God knows how long at Leipzig. Um, I think it was Leipzig that he was at. Uh, you know, he's he's been at left back, and I know Pep's doing that. The likes of Akanji as well, who was a centre half for Dortmund um, for year on year, has has played left back as well. Pep seems to think that his centre halves can all be left backs now, um, but I think they're a striker like Steve. And I maybe not a, a first team player week in week out, but someone like a Tuba Moting at um, Bayern Munich, you know, who's maybe in their early thirties or something like that. You have got no Haaland, which means the only other striker they've got is Alvarez, who, when both are fit, both play, which means they do run the risk of being one light at different times. Yeah, they do. If but one's injured. Would- if you think about it, apart from Rodri, they've got the whole spine out because they've got John Stones, who's only just coming back from injury. You've got no De Bruyne, and now you've got no Haaland. So, actually, if you took Great the spine point. out of most sides, that would be a problem. I do think they've they've been a little bit weak on the transfer front. I don't think they've mm-hmm. actually signed enough players. Um, they managed to keep hold of um, Bernardo Silva, which was obviously a bit of a a coup for him because if he'd have gone they would have been really oh. in trouble I mean Absolutely. this is the worst start that they've ever had under Pep 34 points is the least least they've ever had after 17 games um, he's not under, a myth though under, under Pep <laughs> um, and and this is the first time again that they've had a 2-0 lead or 2-goal lead and actually drawn the game or dropped points in the game so mm. we're talking about a side who over the course of time have been absolutely top draw Mon- yeah, and, monstrous, actually, yeah. and actually I wonder if there's a bit of apathy around the club I mean I picked up on on watching um watching the highlights just how many empty seats are in that ground not Pep's called not that up, a few not, times not yeah not up in not up in the up in the gods but literally behind the goal I mean you could have you could have empty hat though yeah because say it's, it's there's so <laughs> many so many there and I just wonder if there's a little bit of empathy around um you know it's just, it's just not, it's just not how you would expect a club who have had the success they have had to be. They, you, they, you can't build it. They, you can't make yourself into a Man United or a Liverpool or you know one of the top teams in the world just by winning these leagues and this Champions Leagues and stuff. It's not going. It, it no, takes longer than that. Great. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you can't, you can't generate a fan no. base off the back of nothing. <laughs> and they were in League One not that long ago. Grant, they were getting. Ripped great numbers in League One and in the Championship. But they're not they're not a massive club and that might be controversial. On the pitch they might be one of the leaders and in terms of revenue, but in terms of fan base, they're not massive. That's why they get the piss stick out on them and Chelsea fans are probably, you know, Man City fans because they'll just go wherever the glory is. But one thing I would point out is Pep's never really liked working with a big squad either. Correct. So to go on your point in terms of missing that spine and Gaz when you talk about the bench, if you put De Bruyne and Haaland back in that team, then two of the starting 11 have to drop to the bench and then all of a sudden the bench looks no different to what it would have looked last year. But yeah, you're like, so whoever's made the point about Alvarez not having a break because he's constantly playing with Haaland, that's difficult. So it just means Alvarez is playing way more football than I probably expect Pep expected him to play. <laughs> and that's probably why they look tired. They've got nothing to bring on. Yeah, Oscar Bob is not the answer. Yeah, I, I did oh, mention. On, in the, I did mention sorry, sorry, Matt. I was just going to say I did mention sure. the watch along. 
it's hard when you've got to keep reinventing these sides year in, year out. That's why it's been nobody has ever won it four times in a row because of the fact it's you've, you, Pep has almost got to reinvent this side again because he's got to add into the squad. And you try and find players that are better than you've got to improve the team. That's the that's what Ferguson, in fairness to to them, that's what they did very well over the court over a number and number of years. It's hard to keep reinventing yourself. Sorry, Matt, crack, yeah. crack on now, Matt. No, no, it's, it's it's a good it's a good point. And the question I was actually going to ask you a question, Steve, because about three or four weeks ago, um, you made a comment in one of the pods that City were kind of they were about to take off now, and they'd then run away with it. So I didn't know. How the results have gone, I think the last 11 matches, they've got four wins or something like that. Do you still think, actually, once they get back from the World Club Cup, that they can come back faster and stronger and actually still go on to win it? Or do you think Arsenal and Liverpool, United maybe, might be uh, might be up there? I'm going to sound stupid now, but I still think they can, they, they can win it. They will need to go on a better run than they have done in the yeah. past. But I'm not convinced by the team's... No disrespect to the people that are in this pod. I'm not convinced by the teams at the top. I didn't. I haven't seen that Arsenal are really there to grasp it. I haven't seen that Liverpool are really there to grasp it. Villa, if they carry on their run, they'll have done brilliantly to finish in the top five. Let's be completely They're honest. going to be top at Christmas, Villa, and we'll come to them <laughs> shortly. Know, they're but, going to be top at Christmas. There's no chance that they're not going to be top. It, it's just... City are the only team that can win ten in a row. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they can do it this year. They can't do ten in a row this year. Why why can't they? Because they get Haaland and De Bruyne back. They can. They can. They they do. They've known to do it after Christmas. All let's let's not forget they're only five points off the top. I think five Uh, points. Five or six points. But I don't think this season they've got ten games in them. Historically, with teams, regardless of how good Manchester City have been in the past, but regardless, this year I think there's enough errors that run through that Manchester City team uh, being 2-0 up and dropping points. Even if Kevin De Bruyne comes back, you know, big injuries and and whatever else. Um, I think that City will continue to drop points as the season goes on. And they won't, they might do a three or four game run, but they they won't do 10 or 12 unbeaten. Um, I, I just, I just don't, just don't see it this year. Um, look, no. we've we've got to move on. Plenty of games to cover. Lots to lots to talk about. Uh, let's move on to the what wasn't a super Sunday of um, of football. The blockbuster at Anfield turned out to be a bit of a uh, a bore fest at times. But look, a better point, Gaz, for Manchester United than it was for Liverpool. And that man, Darwin Nunez, Mister. Mr. Pretty, uh, pretty easy finish again. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did actually watch it in the pub with a few. Uh, with a, it was actually the pub was packed, uh, and uh, it was very, very. Uh, they were all a bit pissed off, to be honest. But now, I mean, Liverpool just didn't really do a lot, did they? Um, I mean, I think did Man United not stop Liverpool from doing a lot with the way that they set up with the, yeah. with, the, with the defensive block? They they try to stifle what Liverpool can do. Don't forget, like Liverpool, I think eleven unbeaten at home or eleven straight wins at home. They generally boss and dominate people. Did Eric Ten Hag not set Man United up really well to stop Liverpool being able to do what Liverpool wanted to do? Yeah, I think so. I think it's right. I mean, and, and too right too because you know United are a walking disaster of a club. Sorry, Matt. Um, and obviously, they've gone there with a game plan to be as difficult as possible because, you know, Anfield is a fortress. There's all saying 4 0, 5 0, and that. And I was thinking it ain't going to be that many. Um, you know, they're, they're just going to they're going to set up, you know, make it difficult for them. And they did. So, I mean, we'll talk about the booking and the, uh, the sending off towards the end, but that was right towards the dying seconds. But that didn't really make too much of a difference. But Liverpool squandered so many chances as well. Um, I think they had some, like 30 odd shots or something. Statman Steve will, will spit up the stats. 34. Minute, I'm sure. 34, and, yeah. Uh, 34 shots. I mean, I mean, but it wasn't one of those games. It was still a poor game. Yeah. Right. do you think, um, I've listened to a few different podcasts and stuff post the game, and we've t- touched on it before. Do you think Scott McTominay is harshly criticised by Man United fans? I've heard plenty call him out on this game as well, yet he's delivered, you know, key goals at key moments, didn't score in this game, but certainly I don't think he's done enough to be called out yet again. But wasn't he their captain? Yeah, correct. Sunday. So probably says how well regarded he is inside the club. Player Ten Hag wanted to so get rid of in the summer. 
well, and yeah, well, so was Maguire. Yep. And now they're probably two of the first names on the sheet, team sheet. So it's probably not saying too much for Ten Hag's decision making. But uh, we, we've called him on this pod one of the, one of the most valuable players for United, if not the most. I think we actually ended up voting him that. And mm-hmm. I think he's harshly done by when you look at some of the efforts of players in that team, and he's one of the ones being called out. But you, the, the name in particular. He's a gobshite, so I'm not even going to call him out in this pod. But he's saying, get rid of him. And if you saw him in the street, he'd do nothing. He'd probably be shit scared and say hello. Um, Can I have your autograph and a photo, I, please, I, mate? I, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but look, I, I, I do disagree a little bit. Like, I thought Liverpool had plenty of scope to, to win that game. They were just wasteful in the final third. They were saying 34 shots. How many saves did Onana actually make that were like, wow? They're already eight yeah. on I think target. 34 shots. I think ten. I think something like 10 of them were blocked. Yeah. How do they count the shots nowadays? I don't really know. Like Goal kicks and shots on target. target. <laughs> off target or on target yeah. is what we used to work off. Now it's blocked shots and all this XG crap that's coming in. They didn't test the keeper enough. Yeah. And that was why they lost. I thought Klopp's decision-making throughout the game was bizarre. Sorry I'm touching on what we're going to, but... The subs that he made, or the formations that he made, it was, what are you doing? Like, stick to your game plan. Because you, they were creating enough. They just needed to, to click. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Steve, I think Liverpool are a striker short. And I'm not going to call out Darwin Nunes. I, everyone knows my opinion of him. But I actually generally think they're a striker short. And I think that's going to be shown when Salah goes off to African Cup of Nations, which does he, does he go straight after Christmas? It's January, that competition. Is it, is it not? Or is it February? It's February, January. 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 So Steve, Mid-January. I, look, you can't just replace a Mohamed Salah. So I'm not saying that, you know, that, 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 that's easy to do, but I, I think as a squad, they are a center forward short who actually has the capability to carry the load. When I think of a, you know, Bobby Firmino didn't score heaps of goals, but came up with goals at important times. They now don't have that in that no, Liverpool side. No, completely, totally, totally not, totally not. They don't, they don't have it at all. Um, and that is the difference sometimes in tight games, like the one that we saw um, against Man United, where they do pop up with those really all important goals, and they do take the chance or the half chance that comes to them out of nowhere. Absolutely. And and that's what that's what Harlan does. Um, that's in fairness what Villa are starting to get with Ollie Watkins. I'm not convinced, Christian, that Arsenal are getting it with with Jesus, and that could be the difference between City making that run for the title later in the season and Liverpool just faltering a little bit because, as you say, Salah's away. Nunes they've then got to rely on and probably Gapo as being probably coming in on that right hand side. I would guess. I don't don't know. They could even try probably Harvey Elliott in there, I suppose, but. Who's going to replace? You can't replace the goals that Salah gets. That's just that's just that's near enough impossible. Any any side in the world would struggle to, to replace a Salah. Yeah, I, I think Liverpool's squad's actually slightly imbalanced as their rebuild goes on. I think they've got maybe too many. You know, Gapco. What is he? Is attacking the field? Is he a centre forward? They've got a few too many players that sort of play in that position behind the striker. Yeah, and they, they're probably need another one. Matt, obviously the uh, the United fan on the show. I would imagine you're delighted with the point at Anfield. Massively, yeah. I said in the um, <clears throat> the predictions that we were going to get absolutely smashed. I wasn't looking forward to watching it, and to be honest, I, it was it was difficult to watch because it was it felt like constant bombardment throughout the throughout the whole game. But we held our own. And Gaz, you said something on the pod last week because I was banging on again about you know where Man United and we should be doing better. And you said you know no, you shouldn't. Right now, you should be thinking, okay, let's get back to kind of sixth, fifth, and then kind of build from there as a club. And I kind of reflected on that. And to be honest, mate, I think you're absolutely right in that respect. I think I'm expecting not another week of Gaz being right. Surely, no, not. I, I, I think it's the comment, the, the comments, right? The comments, absolutely right. United are not the United, obviously, of you know, of ten years ago, where we're absolutely not that that club anymore. But we do need a complete rebuild and you know we're talking about Scott McTominay just then um being kind of harshly criticized and I've made a point before that actually I think with with Scott McTominay you know he's not doing as well as everyone's making out he's not doing badly but he's the best of a bad bunch United are not a good team this season and he's that kind of that diamond in the rough almost um he's not a phenomenal player you know I 
he's not massively respected by the fans because he hasn't performed season in, season out. And he does also go missing in games. Not his fault because he's played in slightly different positions and different things are expected of him. Um, but he's not this, you know, this absolute god or even cult hero for United. Who is? Who is, what, a god or a cult hero at United at the moment? No, yeah, I get it. Who, who are the fans as a fan? Mm. Who are you respecting this season? Barely anyone. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Barely. I have. I do have respect for Scott McTominay because he's out of all of the players this season. He's the only one that's kind of stepped up. Um, again, it's all it's all bits and pieces for players. You know, the likes of Garnacho has kind of stepped into a role and, and has played some great games and has got you know one of the goals of the century as well. But when you've got players like Anthony and Rashford and Martial and Fernandez and numerous numerous players who all combined have got less goals than the McTominay this season. That's saying how poorly the United team are in general. Um, but just off of United for a second, on Liverpool, I think, Ryan, you made a point about Man City not being a one-man team, but almost, uh, when Rodri's out. It would have been interesting to see with Liverpool what would have happened if Salah had been sold to the Saudi Pro League at the beginning of the year, where they would be now in the league. So he just has such a huge impact on them. It's scary. Mm. It? I, I think it, I think it would be scary. I think we we spoke about it. Like the, the two hundred million or whatever was being quoted was nowhere near worth it no. because the, you look at Liverpool's attack and people actually waxing lyrical about their attacking options. None of them are informed. No, Diaz isn't informed. Jota's not informed. Nunez isn't informed. Gakpo's not informed. You said about Harvey Elliott. He's probably more. He seems to show more on the pitch than those four names I've just mentioned. Mm. In, in from an attacking point of view, he's I'd rely on him to score more than Wood Nunez. Um, I had a near massive bust up with a lad in, when watching the UFC on Sunday, and I was like, "You lot are in trouble when Salah goes." And he lost his rag. Red mist come over him, and it's just been proved yeah. like. Salah didn't score. Liverpool don't win. No, and I, I think they're going to massively struggle in general. Something I would just gone. like to pick up. So I'd say something I would like to just pick up on the game, Matt, was that yeah. again we've spoken about Ten Hag and about his decision making and about the fact he left McTominay out and he left um, Maguire out to start the season. He brought Varane back in, mm. and Varane had a hell of a game alongside mm-hmm. Johnny Evans with with yep. Luke Shaw at left back and the right plan. The right players in the right place. Isn't it yep. amazing how well balance. the defence can play? Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, it absolutely. is. But, yeah. but United cannot rely on Varane, unfortunately. He's one of those players like Reese James at, at Chelsea who just gets injured constantly. So you can't build that back line around him. That's the really unfortunate thing. Because he'll go in the game. Anyway. Again, yeah. why is that? He was never injured at Real Madrid. Was it? Just never for, not for this sort of time. Premier League's harder than Real Madrid. Premier League's harder. Real Madrid have so many games where they can coast in La Liga, where in the Premier League there's no there's no coasting. You can go and get done down at Luton, you know, and whatever else. You can go to teams in Spain, Cadiz and whatever else, and literally Real Madrid can turn up and put half an effort in. No mm. disrespect to so them. managers load better. That's what I mean. Like you can manage his load better and make sure he is fit and fresh for the bigger games. Don't play him against the Luton or Burnley or Sheffield. Do a deadly king on him. Don't play him in. Certain... Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's that's what used to happen in the past. Yeah, you know, still didn't work. Eventually, he that... still broke down. Then got injured because because he wasn't playing enough minutes and, and whatever else. Guys, we, we've got to move on. Let's let's go to top of the table. Arsenal back where we belong. And that Andy joking. We're long way to go. Um, we did this as a watch along. Uh, Steve and I. Uh, it was one-way traffic, Steve, for the majority of the game, mate. That man, Kai Havertz, on the score sheet again. Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, he took his goal very well, actually. Um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with Brighton. I didn't I didn't think they came to... They didn't come to play at all. And Arsenal Arsenal did all they had to do. They, they broke them down in the end. But I just felt... Just felt Brighton missed a bit of a trick because when they did open up, Arsenal did look a little bit nervous late in the game. But by then it was two 0 and it was it was a bit late. That's that's the problem. So, but no, I thought Arsenal were they were calm and composed. Odegaard had a good game in midfield alongside Rice, and those two seemed to have a really really good understanding. Um, Saka was was Saka as he always is. Um, Martinelli could do with missing 
just that one first player at the front post when he's taking his corners and Saka showed him how to do that for the first goal. Um, yeah. Yeah, just a comfortable 2-0 win. Nothing really too much to, to offer, really, in that game. There weren't, wasn't really even... You know, any mega controversy or anything, Christian? Was, it was a lovely, job, <laughs> lovely game to do a watch along with because actually there wasn't any. <laughs> yeah, two nice, two nice teams that um, are very similar in their approach to how they want to play football. Um, no real, yeah, no real major instance. A couple of little silly tackles. Uh, James Milner trying to beat Saka up down the down the left back there, but other than that, yeah, it was fairly, fairly quiet and fairly, fairly comfortable for Arsenal. There was a moment, obviously. Uh, that Brighton did have when it was 1-0 um, crossing from the left-hand side and Pascal Gross probably should have scored, beat David Raya all ends up. And, and David Raya obviously did his best to uh, to drop a catch again, um, but, but got away with it. Right, you called out Brighton a little bit earlier in the season. Um, do you think they're struggling a little bit with Europe? Obviously an impressive win last week against Marseille to qualify out of Europe, but but they are a team that are struggling to adapt with then sort of the Thursday, Sunday football routine because they weren't that good against Arsenal. Bearing in mind, we've lost the last three in all comps against them. I would more put it down to the constant changes. I don't think the word plug and play has been used for them before. I think maybe we're, we're now actually finding out that they're not and they need to start playing their best 11 more frequently. I, I, I don't, the constant rotation cannot be good for players. I can't imagine that the players are asking for it. How are you, using the word fluidity again, but, or consistency, I, can't, I don't understand how you're going to get that without, without playing games. You know, again, I, I wouldn't be concentrated. Are Brighton going to win the Europa League? Probably not. So why not, why not have a real good push? In the league, and you can get top seven and get back into Europe. But why not? Why I, not? Push, I don't understand. The why not push on the Europa League though? Because would Brighton fans not be happier if they come back with some sort of European trophy and maybe finish twelfth, rather than getting seventh and then I, doing Europa League again next year? Maybe, but do you, do you see Brighton going all the way in the Europa League against teams that have just just dropped out of the Champions League as well? That's a real ask. And, but if you're going to do that, do it. Yeah. Or, or like, uh, come out and say it. I've said before, Deserby's coming out and saying he's tired. <laughs> Just giving the players excuses. Like we joked about it, it must be exhausting for him. But like, you can't, I I think that's had a bit of a negative impact. They're, they're drawing games and not winning games you'd expect them to be winning. Not beating. Port. Granted, Trafford probably had his game of the season whenever they played Burnley, but I I just don't see. I don't see that killer instinct this season and the team that destroyed Arsenal at the back end of last season yeah. was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I was I was worried about the game. We, we we all called in predictions, I think, that Arsenal would win that game. But I was worried because Brighton have had the ability to hurt Arsenal in the past, but we really didn't see that. Obviously, it took us back to the top of the league. I was expecting Liverpool to beat United. So I was surprised when I eventually got to bed at about 4am Monday morning to wake up and see that that Liverpool had dropped points against um, against United. We obviously go to Liverpool next weekend. Um, I don't even see Arsenal getting a point there. So I expect us to fall away from the table. As I mentioned at the start, so Villa to, Villa to potentially be top, maybe going into, into Christmas, which will be unbelievable. Um, right, we'll go to Villa next. Um, podcast is already fast getting away from us. Were you panicked at 1-0 down? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't play. We didn't play very well. There's no, there's uh, no dressing it up. It was another, it was another Forest, um, another Spurs, another Bournemouth type game, which was which surprised me because I didn't think Brentford had a lot going forward. Um, Moreno switched off for their goal, made it a relatively comfortable finish for their for their. Uh, I can't remember his name, but I know it was his first goal for Brentford. So congratulations to him. But the big, the big. Uh, Changing point in the game was Ben Mee. Um, going to call out referees. That's an, that's an automatic red. He's off his feet. He misses. He's above ankle height. You saw it with Basuma. It's very little difference. Mm. It should have been an automatic red. He's got previous with Villa as well. And Villa fans haven't forgotten that. He pretty much ended Wesley's career. But it changed the game. Um, there was a lot of shit shithousery going on as well. Neil Mope. You deserve a call out because you stand are. Neil Mopay. I literally dogged on the Terrible. Like, yeah, look, Martinez wasn't much better. Like Martinez rolling about after 
Mope ran into him and that pretty much kicked it off. But I felt like that really helped us. It helped sort of get us into, uh, get us in, spark us into life. Decent enough first goal by Moreno coming in at the back post. Um, and a big shout out to Wally Watkins, who, despite what the media is trying to sort of say that he was out of order, he was getting dogs abuse off one fan apparently the whole game Aww. and told him to essentially be quiet. Well, well, when it's about his family, mate, there's probably no justification for that. Um, no. So he stood in the goal and told him to shush. Yeah, we've seen and it. Yeah. We've seen it on the players. There was the a past. lot happened after it as well. Yeah, I'm, Just, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. A lot of handbags. I'm sure. Emery has got the most Premier League wins in a calendar year. I think it's 25 now, and that's pretty much since he's been in charge. So doing an unbelievable job. Ryan, before I get someone else's opinion, are you going to be brave enough and not sit on a Ron Seal fence to say that you are now considered title challengers as we go forward into the second half of the season? No, on that yeah. fence. It's not a fence, mate. It's, it's realism. Why not? Why? Like, we're in de- Why not? We're in December. Right. We're in December. Come back to me if we're if we're still there in February March. Most wins in yes. a calendar in the calendar year twenty five. You're still playing. Be brave. You're still playing. You've got you've got. It's not a case of being brave. You got four. Te- you got three teams around you who have been there, done it. We're, as Villa fans, are just enjoying the ride. Me coming on here, going, we're going to win the league. I'm probably going to look like a right dickhead in February or March. He's not saying he's going to win the league. He's saying, are you are you challengers? Not are you going to win it. Are you are you going to say you're going to drop off way? You're just not even going to challenge for the league, you don't think? Not at the moment. Not, not at the moment, I, think, I don't think we're challenging. Right. one That's point realism. off the top halfway into the season. You could be top at Christmas. That is unheard of for Aston Villa. Are you a Birmingham fan? No, it's not. Because they're rubbish and Villa no, are not, not rubbish. We were, top, we, were top at, we were top at Christmas under John Gregory and we finished nowhere, man. It's <laughs> the, the season, Roy Keane summed it up right. You, you win nothing for being top at Christmas. No, so. no you don't. But So me being, so me being realistic. Last year. If, Probably. Absolutely, and we yeah. and we we were we in a title that, challenge, and that was yeah. no. But that That's I'm not asking to... if we're winning the league. I'm asking if Villa should be considered title challengers. No, 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 no way. Why? Why not? No way. What yeah. do you call title challengers? No way. What do you call a title challenger? Uh, why, why not? Because we're not even halfway through the season. Yeah. Oh, uh, so let us in there let to us April. Get to, let us get to February. Okay, no, maybe maybe not even that late. But let us get to like say February. Okay. See where we're at. And then we can go, right, we're still inside of, say, three to five points at the yeah. top. We can bin off the Conference League. Let, let, then we can look I think at you'll win that. that. And we can okay, concentrate look, on the league. That's going to be difficult to win the league and win Brian, that. are Arsenal title challengers? Yeah. Okay, are yes. Liverpool? Yeah. Okay, are Man City? To a lesser degree, yes. But th- yeah. those three, Arsenal, Liverpool, City, are all title challengers? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and the only reason they're title challengers, you're saying, is because they've won it before, yeah? Well, it's because they've been there, done that. Okay, like, so that's the, they, that's they the only reason that Villa are not title challengers because they've not won it. Is that what you're saying? The consistency. Expectation. Consistency the over a number of years. The expectation. You expect, okay, United, you expect, man, you expect Arsenal, to, you know, from the last season, you expect them to be there or thereabouts. You expect City to be there. Not according to you guys, Liverpool and Man City only in the pod two weeks ago. So, Matt, can you clip up the bit where he said Arsenal are title challengers? No, I didn't say Arsenal. I, I, I actually, I didn't uh, say I'll rewind it back two three. minutes. I think I said two horse race, actually. And a minute ago, you just said Arsenal are title challengers. So, you've changed in two weeks. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I am absolutely loving this, right? Of course. And I want I want us to be title contenders. And secretly, do I think we can continue it? Yes, there's a chance. Yeah. But for, I'm not going to jump on a bandwagon and have it clipped. Or oh, Ryan said they're going to win the league. Or Ryan said you're so you're worried. Of, you're worried off. about <laughs> what, no. what goes out on the pod more than actually no. whether you think no, whether no. you what think I'm, Villa can do something. What I'm worried about is a drop off. What I'm worried about is a drop off. If a Watkins gets injured. John Durant is not good enough to replace him. If a Douglas Louise is out for a prolonged period of time. Yeah, well, you say about this. No, it might not. Leicester didn't get injuries when they won the league. In tw- they, everyone said they'll drop off, they'll get injuries. Well, Jamie Vardy completely different league. Tottenham in that challenge, weren't they? It's That's all it was. <laughs> play, we've got 
We've got to beat three solid teams to do that. that the, the comparisons, that's another thing. The comparisons are bollocks. It's one of the worst Premier Leagues in terms of quality. Arsenal have got it's less points than they had at this time last season. Man City have got less points than they did last season. Liverpool, the only ones it's... that have got more points. And I wouldn't even say Liverpool have been that good. Villa have been exceptional. And that, for me, is why yes. they are in this title race this but, season. Okay. I'm not saying that it's going to happen next season. But, but Christian, that, if you, in I this don't know season, you want... they are in the race. Obviously, we were watching the other game. I don't know whether you've seen the highlights of the game for the, the Brentford game. That is what Villa are going to come up against all the time. A, a team that... I mean, Brentford basically changed their whole system to negate what Villa had as an attack and force. And that's going to be the problem. They're going to come up against those sort of teams who are going to play on the back foot. It's all right when teams are coming out at you. And that's where I think... Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see Villa challenging in April and May. I'd love to see it because I do think that's good for the Premier League. But I just think it's too early to start saying they're in a title challenge. Yes, if they finish in the top five, Villa, Villa and I'm sure the Villa fans, Ryan included, we be absolutely cock-a-hoop that they're finished in the top five. And if they have a good run in the Europa Conference League, they will be really pleased. And they could win the Europa Conference League. That's more of a focus for them. I think if they won the league, won that won that cup and finished fifth in the league or fourth in the league, they would be absolutely over the moon. I might be talking Signed that term, right but now. that would be out of view. Yep, yep. Right. We've got to move on. That's enough on Aston Villa. Um, there's no point being talking too much about them if they're not going to do much anyway. So we'll move on. Burnley, uh, Burnley nil, Everton two. Just very quickly, Gaz, um, that's where you're based up that, that part of the world. Without the, without, the, yeah, without the 10 point deduction, Everton, well, I think would be eighth or seventh now. Sean Dyche mate, doing an incredible job and obviously would be delighted to go and get a win against his former club mate. Yeah, yeah, flying, aren't they? Um, Anana popped up with another goal. Really good, that kid, that Anana I said at the start of the season. He's really, really good. But uh, yeah, um, Everton looking strong. They just keep rolling out the wins. Just hope they don't get uh, five on the spin against Spurs when they're playing Spurs next. <laughs> that's that's a that's a potential for for that to happen, Gaz. That they definitely could. Uh, Steve, Newcastle, Fulham, Newcastle back to winning ways. But more importantly, Fulham going to feel hard done by with Jimenez getting a red card for in effect knocking Sean Longstaff over with uh, Jimenez's backside. Was that a red card? Uh, I think when you look at it in real time, real real time, he did he pulled out. But he was going at such a rate of knots and at such a height that I actually don't think the VR had much choice but than to actually send him off. He literally he put he had his foot up like a kung fu kick, pulled it away, and then obviously then hit him with his backside. Now, in fairness, that's some choice of words, mate. I'm sorry, I've got to call you out. Pulled out, went from <laughs> such a height. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, it's early in our oh, morning. Oh, oh, my God. You, going at such a race of some choice of words. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, stop, please. Poor long staffs. Arsenal must have been killing him. When I do the intros of that, it's going to have that Pornhub drum beat. I'm sorry, man. Continue. I thought you had to get called out for that. Go on. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, the problem was was that he had an elbow off of LaSalle's about two or three minutes before. And I think he was seeing red mist because he's had obviously injuries eye socket or where it was that he had cheekbone and I think he just saw the red mist and I, and and that was a that was a that was after that was why he actually I think went in too high thought then halfway through it oh bugger I'm a bit in trouble here tried to pull out weren't ever going to be able to pull out and actually the referee had to do what he had to do like anybody else who pulls out uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus bugger as well chucked in there for good measure Steve it's, 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 what, what, one hell of an innuendo bingo over at the, uh, St James's Park this weekend right <laughs> um, on to West Ham versus Wolves Really, um, David Moyes is is doing such a good job there. Not you know contract up at the end of the season. I know they they got heavily beaten the other week against Fulham, but he is Mister Consistent in the Premier League, isn't he? And another terrific win at home to Wolves, 
Kudas was excellent. Yeah, he's been some steining. He um, he got an honourable mention from us in our in our MVP just for the impact that he's had, and he continues like we we've discussed it before. I don't see how West Ham do better than what he is doing. I, I can't see a manager. What are you aiming for by letting him go at the end of the season? Yeah, the players play for him. He's got a record in Europe of most games undefeated. The through his group winners in the Europa League. What on earth do you expect as a West Ham fan? I think the seventh or eighth in the league. I think they're around that position. Like they flat, they are flying for me. Like they're doing the thun- Thursday Sunday. They've been doing it for the last few seasons. I-, I think he's doing a fantastic job. I think they've their performances have been unbelievable considering they lost their best player. Yeah, absolutely. Hats off to them. Yeah, Matt. If the board are listening to. The fans, you know, and I know at times West Ham fans are very fickle. They call for, you know, Moyes out and whatever else. But, you know, the owners are typically, you know, not owners that really care about the fans. They, you know, and West Ham is supposedly their club. Give Moyes a new contract. What else, you know, does he need to do? Give him keys to the club, for Christ's sake. He delivered a, yeah. a major trophy for them last year. And this year, they're... They're exactly where they need to be going into the the second half of the season. Yeah, I, 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 this is this one absolutely baffles me. It absolutely baffles me. It seems that the board are creating a problem that isn't there. It's like it's, it's not as if their managers, you know, putting them in a relegation battle. It, I, don't, I, I don't understand it, and I'd love to to actually have some insight from the managers. I love uh, the the board. I love them to be more vocal on this because it doesn't make sense. Like, who are they? Who are they going to get in? Unless we spoke about this before, unless like Steve Cooper, uh, you know, if he leaves Nottingham Forest, Moyes maybe they'll get him in. in. Well, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that. So, what, what are they doing? Who else has insight on this? One of you's got to understand what's going on here. No, I don't. They're, they're, well, they're ex-Birmingham owners, so that probably uh, yeah. no, <laughs> one of those because obviously the one has passed away. But um, I, I don't get it. it. Like, is it because they've moved into the? the old Olympic stadium. And they think that that's automatic. Nobody has a God given right to be anywhere in the Premier League. Unless you're born not fighting. 12. <laughs> <laughs> they're not fighting relegation. Uh, we, we've got West Ham. We've got West Ham mates. I know Steve's probably got more and I don't understand. Like I see, I see the Facebook or the responses to, to results and it'll be like football shit just because of one defeat. Like look, take stock of where you actually are what you've achieved in the last two years. Yeah. The majority of the Premier League clubs would snap your hand off for that. And if Moyes gets let go, they won't get somebody in better mm-hmm. and the Premier League team will snap him up straight away. Give that guy time and he delivers a decent squad. Everton, West Ham being your prime example. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, he's a terrific manager and deserves a bit more respect than maybe what West Ham are currently giving him at the moment. Uh, Gaz and Steve, I'm going to come to you very, very quickly on the... The, the Chelsea Sheffield United game exactly as we expected, Steve. And Poch gets three points from those six games that we're talking about. Finally, yeah, my man Nicholas Jackson back on the score sheet as well. That's uh, good to see. It's, uh, <laughs> Against he, lower opposition, he's, he's, he's going to get to that fifteen goals if it kills him. I think that's uh, just. Uh, <laughs> he's going to run out of game time because by the time. January comes around and they buy another three strikers. He's going to be well yeah. down the pecking order. So yeah, no, they um they got their job done, didn't they? Against a against a sort of fairly poor Sheffield United side, really. Let's be let's be truthful. Um, we called it as being possibly a last minute goal in a one nil win. It ended up being two nil, and away they go. But uh, yeah, no, nothing. I don't think anything great come out. But apparently, it wasn't the best performance. I've watched a, I've watched a bit of the highlights, and from what I saw, the highlights they weren't that great. So. Yeah, no, not not that exciting. Gaz, just very quickly, not so much around the game, just just something that caught my attention um, towards the end of last week. Um, Chelsea linked with selling Conor Gallagher in the in the yep. window. Now, just what very quickly, what why he's currently captain when Rhys James or Thiago Silva's not in the squad? He seems to be a favourite under Poch. Do you think that may be a decision that's being taken? above Pochettino's head. Baffles me, to be honest. Um, I mean, we all had him as, a, you know, up there. With his, he's had a good, good few assists this season as well. I think he's had about six assists. Um, so, uh, yeah, baffles me, mate. Baffles me. But I'd have him at Spurs for sure. But, but why <laughs> do you think Chelsea are looking at selling him? 
I just for think the FFP and that squad, mate. That's all. I think I think the squad's just massive, and he's just not used to having such a big squad. So. Yeah, why it's Conor Gallagher? FFP because of the fact it's, that he come out of the youth academy, homegrown. And if they, and if they get fifty million for him, that's fifty million off the off the balance. That's why. That's, it, that's why that's a lot of these clubs will sell them the the the, the players. It might well be why they why Man City sold Cole Palmer because actually yeah. that's the same scenario. Yeah, good show. Yes, it's pure profit, right? Yeah. Half that money that'll be yeah. used then for something like some some striker or something. I, I don't think they're going to spend what you think, guys. I think I think Ryan touched on it the other way. They they'll be borderline FFP now, um, and you know they're not going to make Europe this year. They're going to have to seriously look at it, otherwise they're going to get themselves in trouble um, going forward. Right, let's go to the game that started but but didn't finish. Um, Tom Lockyer, Footy Social Club. Send all the, the you know the love and well wishes. Suffered a cardiac arrest in this game. Luton's captain, um, he collapsed during the playoff final um, at the end of last season as well. Luton obviously went on to to win the game and made it to the Premier League. So he was given the all clear in the summer to return to play football. I think Matt, you said the same doctor that that worked with Christian Eriksen. Um. He's currently in hospital as we go to recording, having tests still. Um, is he in a stable condition? We don't know too much more. Um, devastating, Ryan, for uh, for Luton fans, you know, and the Luton family, you know, in general. But at least, you know, he's okay yeah. at the moment. Yeah, I think that's obviously the most important thing and best wishes to him. Um yeah, well, obviously he's had, he must have had tests in the summer after after what happened in the playoff final. He he's passed those. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, obviously something else has taken a, a downwards turn. The reasons for that, you know, we, we clearly don't know. I just hope for him he pulls through okay. Um, you know, in terms of his aspirations, I'm sure he had dreams to play in the Premier League as a professional footballer. He, he's got to do that, but I think you know, at some point, you've got to look after your own health and maybe a couple of warning signs in, in the space of pretty much six months. Yeah, it, unfortunately, it might be time for him to hang up his boots, but the most important thing I'm sure he's thinking about is getting back to full health and living a, a long, healthy life. So, yeah. you know, unfortunately for him, that just might mean stepping away from the, from the field. Yeah, I, I'm sure there'll be discussions. We don't want to speculate anything with that, Gaz, around whether Tom Lockyer has played his last game for Luton, it's something I'm sure that the club will be discussing and, and, and taking all the best medical advice. Um, does make you obviously. Well, there's been lots of different injuries. You, maybe that's the way I'd like this to go. To Tom Lockyer, you know, we hope recovers fully. If he can play again, fantastic. If not, but this season has been the season so far for major injuries. Not as bad as what happened to Tom, but. Major injuries, squads we've you know depleted at different times. Obviously, your squad, you know, Newcastle, spring to spring to mind with with the big injuries. No one's really able to to put their finger on what's causing it. Some people think Steve said, "Is it potentially the World Cup that was this time a year ago? Less of a break? Is it the the amount of minutes that they're now playing? You know, I forget once upon a time, but there used to only be one substitute. Squads are far bigger." Any ideas to what you think is possibly causing this? Yeah, me, I, I'm on the minutes more. So as opposed to the World Cup, I just think the standing around all the waiting, it can't be good um, for the old muscles, you know, just standing there getting cold and just 100%. stop and start and play. And they've got to then go back to full speed again. And they're just easy pulling things, I think. Because it seems to be the quick players, anyone that shows any sort of speed or any sort of... It's, it's them players and... They're just like racehorses at the end of the day, you know. They, they they prep they prep them up they prep them up. You can't then just cool it down and then say right okay kick back into gear again. It's very very difficult. So I think this, I don't think the stop and start and play is helping, but I'm sure uh, they'll figure something out. Steve, for you, is it is it? I don't disagree with what Gaz is saying, especially as you hit the winter months in in the Premier League. You know, if you it's taking a long time for VAR to get to a decision, sometimes five six minutes, and you. You know, it, it, it's a cold, windy night in Burnley or whatever, and you're standing on the touchline or whatever. Is that the biggest issue, do you think, and something that maybe the Premier League's got to look at? 
I think there's a number of factors. Um, I think one of them is that. I think that the the fact that you, you you you've got to stop for three or four minutes. They probably don't cool down too much, but they certainly will cool down a little. I think just the pace of play in the Premier League now. That there used to be a time when you'd get ball players, you'd get people who were brilliant with their feet, and you've got to be all things now, and you've got to be athletes who can play football now. That's yeah. that's the big. If you look at most teams, there's not there's not many players who are who are tiny or or you know diminutive or whatever you want to call it. A lot of them are big athletes. They're big six foot plus players who are sprinting at the top at the, at the at the speed they can sprint the top speeds they they've all got these um these obviously vests they wear that tell them when they should be going into the red zone all that sort of stuff but they're all getting pushed and pushed and pushed there's no players that are like a i don't know Lee Trundle for example who used to perhaps you know go out there and stroll about and think there's every player is playing at the top of their game and at the speed they play at. On top of the fact they are no doubt playing more games every season. We've got in two years' time we've got the Club World Cup that's going to be a thirty-two team game. Yeah. These players are playing way too much football. I don't. I don't disagree that yeah we used to have teams where that was times where it was just one sub and all that sort of thing. That's gone. Those days are gone. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I, Michael Owen yeah. called it right, though, didn't he? Michael Owen basically backed up what you said in his interview with Simon Jordan. That now the criteria of being a professional footballer, to a degree, is sort of diminished from how good you are at football versus how much of an athlete you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you look at if you look at athletes who run, they get injured, and that's just going to constantly happen. Yeah, sports science has never been bigger than it is now, though. In Premier League football, you know, big big Sam used to love talking about sports science. So they've got a lot of data on players. It does surprise me that we are getting the volume of injuries that we are getting. And I think, Steve, maybe you are right. There's a there's numerous things that are contributing to it. It would be interesting if, if, if the referees and VAR could get those decisions a little bit quicker to whether or not um, we would see less injuries. We'll probably never know because VAR's not going to get any uh, any shorter anytime soon. Um, guys, sadly, we're out of time. Um, thanks to those that have watched this. Um, we've got another watch along this Saturday, West Ham versus Man United. Before that, we've got a podcast on Friday. Predictions for all of this weekend's Premier League football. Um, if you would like to join the Footy Social Club community, there's all the buttons across all of the various social media platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, the Footy Social Club's there. Come and be a part of the community. Come and comment. Come and talk about the beautiful game that we all love. Um, For now, have a good week, and uh, we'll see you on Friday. Thanks, boys.